Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the second sermon in our church's A Season Set Apart series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click Online Worship. My name is Chris Stallings, and I'm kind of a privilege to get to be pastor of Leeds First Methodist Church. We're in our series entitled, A Season Set Apart. When we enter a new season, we often have high expectations. Some of you had high expectations for your football team to win every game this fall. Sometimes when we get to December, we have high expectations of what Christmas might be like, both with its presence, those that we give and receive, and the presence of those that we're in the company of. But oftentimes, those expectations may disappoint. But this Advent season and the arrival of Jesus set the expectations even higher and offer an even greater result. And so we're going to look at those each week, guided by this key verse from the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verse 1. And it reads, Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. How the mountains would quake in your presence. And so today, in part two of this series, A Season Set Apart, we look at announcing the season, announcing the season. I don't read as much as some people do. I have read. <laughs> but in research for this sermon, I found a short story. Its reference is Bella Fleece Gave a Party. It was written by Evelyn Wall and it was first seen in the Harper's Bazaar in London in 1932. The story goes that one November morning, Bella, a gracefully aged woman in her 80s, decided to kick off the dust and re-enter the social scene and decided to plan for a Christmas party. They say her preparations were necessarily stupendous. New workers were brought in to revitalize the old house. Repairmen, painters, plumbers brought the house into tip-top shape. So much so, she says, I'm ready to set the date for the party. Once a suitable date was set, she went over the invitations, handwritten, deciding who was most worthy to attend and those who would be excluded because of Oh, various reasons. On the day of the party, she nervously awaited the appointed hour. Eight o'clock was the time she had picked. The food was ready. The, the places were set up and it was all set. Six o'clock came and her excitement built. Seven o'clock came and it got even more nervous and excited. Eight o'clock came. And went. And no one she'd wanted to come came. 
There were two people that came, but they were on the list of exclusions. They only came because they saw the extravagant lights and heard the noise of the music playing. She retired to her bed that evening, and she didn't awake the next morning. They say her heart might be broken from her disappointment. When the heir of her family arrived to take inventory of the house and settle the estate, in her desk drawer he found the hundreds of beautifully handwritten, stamped and addressed party invitations that were never sent. When we as followers of Jesus consider how we might announce the season sometimes, we hesitate or miss sending out the invitation. Is it even a party to whom we can invite others? Is it a party they've already known about and declined and in a way we'll feel like we're crying wolf or shouting fire to a people that are oblivious? Or maybe it's something that we feel like it's so imminent in danger it's something we need to shout. And keeping silent is not an option. So what is our role? What is our opportunity to announce Emmanuel, God, with us and the, the coming of us with God? Well, let's look at the Bible and what we might learn about announcing the season. We're going to look at Mark chapter 1 today. Mark Chapter 1, it's in the Bible's New Testament, a gospel or a good news story of the ministry, life, and death, and resurrection of Jesus. And scholars believe Mark was the first written record of that ministry, and it collected some oral accounts of the stories of Jesus and wrote those down. And many scholars believe it was a source for subsequent gospels that were written in Matthew, and especially Luke. In the very first chapter that we'll look at, Mark 1 today, we see a kind of tension between announcing the importance of Jesus or God with us and the frailty of those who announce it. Frailty depicted in the unworthiness of this initial announcer and a contrast to those who are courageous and later in Scripture, we'll see those who were less than courageous, even denying they knew Jesus before men. Let's look now to Mark chapter 1. We'll read verses 1 through 8. I'm reading the New Living Translation, if you'd like to follow along in your app. If you text it and open the worship guide, the words will be there. They should also be on the overhead screens. Mark chapter 1. Verse 1 reads, this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Verse 4, this messenger was John the Baptist. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see him and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. 
His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, John said, but he, that's Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Well, a key verse in understanding this message is in verse 3. The term shouting, or some of your other translations may include the term crying in the wilderness comes from the Greek New Testament word bontos. And it means to cry or shout with unusually high volume. To cry out, to scream, or even to shout. The Loanidia lexicon says. In other words, this is a message that would be amplified if we were sharing it in a modern time using a PA system or a megaphone. It's not a message that we would try to keep secret or just barely whisper so someone might accidentally hear it. The Faith Life Bible Study notes this message, Make Straight His Path, is likened to that cry of the herald before a king would come into a town announcing his imminent arrival. And it references the book of Isaiah Chapter 40, verse 3, that our Advent readers read from. The king being here is God himself. The announcer in Mark is John the Baptist. And the arrival is of the kingdom of God. <laughs> if I think about it in contemporary terms, some of you may have heard of the very f somewhat famous Taylor Swift. Has anybody heard of that? You know, you, yeah, it's not just me. I mean, it's not just the young people. It's not really me. But imagine Taylor Swift somehow had a plan to come to the shops of Grand River in Leeds next weekend. Right? But it was supposedly a secret, but you found out about it. Would you go? You'd probably go even if you weren't a big Swifty fan, right? Like, oh, let's go see. And if you loved anybody, especially if they were young, you better tell them about it, right? And if you imagine you were a person in the media or had a social media following, you would post that just as soon as you found out so that you could be part of the in the no crowd. We would announce that broadly. Yet the announcement of the season of Jesus catches some of us in a state of limbo. Should we announce it? If so, how do we announce it and what do we announce? Well, let's look at this passage in more depth to guide us in that announcing process. If you got your worship bulletin or if you downloaded the online worship guide, you can follow along with these points. And the paper copies are on the online version. You can take notes and fill in these blanks that they might be helpful to you as you learn and apply it to your life. Number one, announce through scripture. Read the Bible. Announce through scripture. Read the Bible. Number, excuse me, verse 2. 
reads, it began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way. This is the prophet Isaiah had written in scripture. It's important to know the facts. Some of you may have heard or seen or even received some of the blessings of the Leeds Christmas Parade on Friday night. Did you, anybody go or watch it or it's a pretty good time? It gets bigger and better every year, at least bigger every year. My goodness, there's a section that we, our church did a float, a trailer and Man, there's a section in downtown Leeds. There's like 10 deep. You think it's Macy's Parade. It's good times. Our church participated by having dozens of adults, youth, and children be a part of a, a, a modest float. But here's the kicker. We threw out candy. <laughs> well, everybody throws out candy. But we also, get this, gave away Oreo cookies to the parents. Oh, there's some parents. Some of y'all that gave away, you're like, let me go. They were hugging you and ma or mauling you. For the, the others were Nutter Butters, Oreo Cookies. And a blessing to those. I'll give a shout out to Andy Argo, who was our coordinator. She did a great job of coordinating volunteers and everybody that helped with that. Well, whenever we were planning that, I... Uh, Passed along the information to Andy. Says, okay, the parade starts at this time. And told her at 6.30 on Friday, December the 8th. We need to be out here at 6 o'clock. Well, we were ready for the parade to start at 6.30. Well, guess what? I got the time wrong. That was the lineup time. The parade was going to start rolling at 7 o'clock. And so you can imagine the joy of those who were organized in that event when dozens of kids are sitting on a trailer for an extra hour with bushel baskets of candy in between them all, right? And so there was this tension building of some restless and rebellious kids that we finally surrendered and said, okay, every five minutes you can have one piece of candy as we pass the extra time. All that to say, if you're going to announce something, you need to get the facts right. And the facts for the announcement of Jesus and the kingdom of God are found in Scripture, first and foremost. And anything that's not there is not an announcement of God. The verse in Mark References Old Testament passages from Malachi and from Isaiah 40 verse 3. And those prophecies pointed to the arrival of Jesus and the arrival of a messenger that would announce Jesus. And those were fulfilled by John the Baptist and ultimately Jesus. But it started with Scripture, the truth of God revealed. So read Scripture and know the truth that you're announcing. Announce through Scripture. Number two, announce repentance. Announce repentance. Verse four, John the Baptist was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. A simple definition of repentance is 
let's imagine this is the direction that we're going towards God, right? And sin is when we shun that, pick our way instead of God's way. And let's say we're walking away from God. Repentance, it says we've been shown by the Bible or through preaching or through accountability or through God's Holy Spirit that we've sinned. When we repent, we don't just keep taking the steps in that sin. We repent or turn and start taking the steps back towards God. That's what repentance is. But the way we announce that repentance can vary. Have any of you ever seen in person a street preacher? Like literally with the megaphone? Have you seen that? Right? And sometimes they're literally carrying out the shout or cry of repentance. Maybe even with a megaphone. Maybe even of what you will avoid by repenting that is the condemnation in hell. They, many are absolutely sharing the truth, although their method may or may not be that effective in an age that just here, maybe as someone who's crying wolf, or they think. Or have you ever participated in one of our kindness projects, Project 12. If you look on the screen, there's an illustration of those two forms of announcement. Project 12 is our way of illustrating God's love. Every week, a kindness, excuse me, every month, a kindness project in the community to illustrate God's love and invite people to faith in Jesus and his church. The parade float was our final one for this year. Each month we did a different project. The parade float did a number of those illustrations. Throughout the course of the year, the church illustrated God's love 2,746 times. People received something with one of these cards on it that says God loves you. And on the back of it, an indication of where we meet and our service times. There are people they're here that are members of our church because they got one of those cards. And so announce or announce. The key thing is that we are intended to lead folks to repent and believe in Jesus. How we do that can vary. If you're sitting with a co-worker at work having lunch, there's probably not a need to shout. <laughs> Right? They're right there in front of you. If someone is facing imminent doom and their life is leading for death and destruction, you might shout. God might even equip some of you to, you know, remember the famous preacher Billy Graham. Many of you heard him, even though it's been years since he was doing this. But God equipped him and the necessity to shout or to amplify the message where hundreds of thousands of people could hear. Whatever your method. Anchor it in the truth and announce the repentance. Announce it. Announce it or do both. But whatever you do, say something. To announce repentance. Number three. Announce the power for the church. Announce the power for the church. Mark 1 verse 8. 
John announced, I baptize you with water. But he, that's Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the power of God through the church in this age. What began as Pentecost has lived in and through the church for the past 2,000 years. The church, and we are part of the church, has the privilege and power to announce the whole gospel of Jesus, the gospel that begins with repentance of sin, the second half of the gospel that takes us on to making Jesus Lord of every part of our life in sanctification. We see that in the lives of people in our church. When we make Jesus Lord of our life and we let his Holy Spirit guide us in all that we do and live. I've seen that just in the last week or two in the people in the lives of our church members. Met with one family, two of their kids, professed their faith in Jesus and set up their date for baptism. God's power is real. I walked with dozens of adults and youth and children who illustrated God's love with candy and cookies and cards. God's power is real. I learned of some of our students who are accomplishing academic, artistic, and athletic feats only possible by the abilities that God gave them. God's power is real. I've witnessed couples joining their lives in the covenant of marriage which originated with God. God's power is real. I've talked with people, some who've experienced healing, some that have experienced hurt and loss and even facing end of life. All who have 100% of trust in the power that God's power is real. This season... We announce the arrival of God. We announce the truth proclaimed in Scripture. We announce the repentance of sin to be saved. And we announce the power of God alive and working in each one of us. And the promise of his ultimate return to the glory of all those who put their faith and trust and make Jesus Lord of their lives. Announce the power for the church. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the good news of this season. Thank you for the truth revealed in Scripture. We don't have to wonder about God. We don't have to wonder about salvation. We don't have to wonder what your hope is for each one we may be saved. God, I pray that you would help us have the, the courage to announce one way or the other, whatever the circumstance needs, that we would announce the kingdom of God and draw people to repentance. And God, help us to live into the power of the Holy Spirit, working in and through us. We may be a witness we may be a part of your kingdom come until Jesus comes again. It's in his holy name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. 
We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again and God bless.